Earth-hallelujah. Earth-hallelujah. Change-hallelujah. Love-hallelujah. Reverend Billy here, talking to you from the lockdown in New York and talking to you from my community, which is the Stop Shopping Church. This is our radio show and podcast. This has been taking place since the beginning, more or less, of this apocalypse, of this coronavirus. And we started by posting our half-hour shows on the Neil Young archives, for which we're very grateful. And, the, and this one will post this weekend there at NYA, the Neil Young archives. We're in a very special place now, though. This week, we're launching our radio show and podcast out into the world. We are now being told by the big voices of the consumer culture that we've been resisting, <laughs> of late-stage capitalism, of the speculators of Wall Street, of the politicians who work for them. They're turning to us and they're saying, hey, we're going back to the old economy now. We're going to reopen. We're going to go back. I don't think so. I don't think so. We've been to the end, and now we're ready for a new life, a new liberation from you. The virus has infected us all, whether it killed us or not. Some of us survivors, most of us, we are liberated, and things will never be the same. But for right now, let's go back to that song that we started the show with, The End of the World, only this time it's live. The Stop Shopping Choir claiming, claiming the liberty, the newness, the evolution of The End of the World. This is from a song sung at Joe's Pub at the Public Theater last December. Take it away, Stop Shoppers. <laughs> The End of the World by the Stop Shopping Choir recently uh, in December. I thought I would play for you the wild, live, very live version. At the beginning of our radio show today, of course, you had the studio version where we're in little soundproof rooms with cans on our ears and, you know, with the controlled, the sound engineer staring at us through the window. But in the live version, it's as if a subway car full of people from the uh, 35, 37 people up there on stage with the musicians. And it's as if a subway car full of New Yorkers just leaps up and starts gyrating, dancing, jumping up and down, shouting, and singing about the apocalypse, singing about the thing that we all fear as if to defeat it, as if to bring it into their bodies and eject it again, tossing their heads and hair around. And everybody, all those ethnicities and ages and from all the different neighborhoods that that subway car will be going to in the course of its route, all jumping up at once 
and making a declaration of freedom, of evolution. When you're shaking it like that, I think that one thing that goes on is a promise, a, a wild promise that we will change together. We're throwing off the formal strictures and structures that came to us from institutions that had to govern, <laughs> had to control, right? Amen? Is that what happens when you, I'm talking to people in places, and I'm seeing you now all over the world, I'm seeing your, there you are, in your souls, in your bodies, dancing. <laughs> when we do that together, we promise something that we can't estimate. It's beyond our present balance. It's on the other side of the horizon from our established language. We're going to hold each other's hands and jump into the unknown. The fabulous unknown. That's what we call it in the Church of Stop Shopping. The fabulous unknown. That's where we all have to go once in a while for our nourishment. And this virus has taken many, many of us away. Now we have all those spirits among us. 800 people a day at the peak here in New York. And I know those of us in Italy and China, there have been levels like that elsewhere. Even losing one friend is just a devastating thing. But now we're seven weeks into this apocalypse and we're, we're feeling at once a gift from the natural world. And we're also feeling that the old culture, the old economy, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, the Vatican, the centers of power that have lost us for a while, now they're knocking on the door. They saying, we did this together, you never left us, we want to go back to the old ways. But we're hesitating, aren't we? We don't necessarily want to return. Oh, I don't want to be afraid of China. I don't want to sign up for your fear this time. Let's go to the fiery eagles of justice. Do we really want to be afraid of China? Amazing! China, what are you doing? China! 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 Oh, it's too much! China! Here it comes! Here it comes! China! 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 
back again from China. I'm drowning in China, overwhelmed by China. Well, that, uh, that piece that I did with the Fiery Eagles of Justice at least a year ago, it anticipates Donald Trump, doesn't it? <laughs> it's anticipating his fear campaign. China is supposed to be the creator of this apocalypse that is killing our friends and relatives. China is also supposed to be financing Joe Biden's campaign. I don't know how that will, how he will describe Biden, but he's looking for ways to tie Joe Biden to China. The fear of the unknown. It's as important to a fascist or a fundamentalist Christian or uh, a marketing department of The Gap or Starbucks or Disney or, or one of these big companies that basically sells its product by making us afraid that if we don't buy that product, we'll lose status, we'll lose sexiness, we'll lose our youth, our good looks, and that we will die. The corporations have adopted the basic fear program of the old religions. And that's why the new corporation and the old religion always went together, and they do in Donald Trump's campaigns. He is supported by the right-wing fundamentalist preachers, of course, of the megachurches, and he's also supported by the speculators, the businessmen, the fossil fuel, industrial ag, and the people destroying us. So that fear is something that you and I have to understand. We are not fascists. We're not right-wing religious people. And we are not marketing departments from the S&P 500. So you and I have to defend ourselves against these predators. We have to understand how the unknown is used against us. I would like to say that the unknown is on our side. We, in the Church of Stop Shopping, we call the unknown the fabulous unknown. It begins, that love, that connection, begins with understanding that the unknown is not over there. Over there, over there. It's not in China or Mexico or in Iran or North Korea. The unknown is not in the distance. The unknown is in our bodies. The unknown is right here. We know very little about the natural world, and we cannot explain life or death. The only reason that some of what we live in, in the foreground, has been normalized into things that don't surprise us, into the belief that it isn't mysterious, is because of the control over us by these conditioning institutions that I've just mentioned. We have to have some relationship to living a practical life. We have to have some leverage, some control of eating and energy, and we have to understand some things in the foreground. But scratch the surface just a little bit, and we don't know why the molecules spin. We don't know why our heart beats. We don't. We live immersed in the fabulous unknown, and so the best thing to do is to love it, to be with it, to be in it, <laughs> of it. And you're pretty mysterious too, listeners out in 
the mega church <laughs> of the church of stop shopping. And I know that I find myself saying mysterious things here at the microphone. Let's just make sure that we don't go back to the control that those old fear mongers had over us. I'm going to go to a song now from the Church of Stop Shopping in which the singer, Derek McGinty, urges us to remove ourselves from some of the big corporations that have had control over us. Here we go. Sing it. We will remove Starbucks. Yes, we will. And Disney. Get up out of here and we'll make them. Make them close, close their doors. And we'll do shopping, shopping in and on a business. And we won't go back. We won't go back. again now. Amen. Remove Starbucks and Disney. You heard the, the gap in the background was another candidate for dismissal. <laughs> well, we just have very good news coming into our household here, coming into the offices of the Church of Stop Shopping, and that is that the Billy Graham Church Organization, which is run by his son Franklin, which had a tent hospital in Central Park, where in a recent Stop Shopping protest, they arrested me. We have just found out that this process of resistance to the right-wing bigots, the people who would put gay people in hell and throw the Mexican people and the transgender people and, and the Muslims and 
Well, everybody that isn't like them, that's what fundamentalists are. If you don't believe what I believe, I'm throwing you into the lake of hellfire. Those people are being disinvited from New York City. I'm just so glad. Now, they're going to go to somewhere else in North Carolina or someplace, or they will go and victimize some people who are having a terrible time of it with the virus or an earthquake or drownings or war. They will go to a troubled place and they will try to convert people as they promise to heal them. But hate and healing don't go together. I just want now to reach out to the next place they go. Their tent hospital is called Samaritan's Purse. And I want you to resist them as well. We have no place in this world right now for hate and fear. We need love and trust. Oh, a success. Feels good. Direct action works. March up to them. Shout out what you believe. Let them arrest you. Take the hit. I did. You can too. <laughs> I know many of you have, and you, you are uh, listening to me right now because we have taken that risk together. So I'm grateful to all the activists or would-be activists to turn this thing around. A lot of us who have not been risking life and limb We'll start doing that. I know that. I feel that. You tell me that. I've got a letter on my desk from one of you. And by the way, I'll give you the mailing address here, all right? If you'd like to mail a letter. That's how we're being interactive now. Kind of old school interactivity. Not so hip yet. Not live streaming <laughs> yet. But if you'd like to ask a question or make a statement, the Church of Stop Shopping P.O. Box 1556, Canal Street Station, New York, New York, 10013. The Church of Stop Shopping, Box 1556, Canal Street Station, New York, 1003. And this one letter, I'm going to paraphrase it. The letter went, how do we know when we've reached the mystery? How do we know when we've reached the fabulous unknown, Reverend? I'm always talking about the unknown. Get away from this marketing. Get away from these Vaticans. Get away from this the military, the false patriotism. Get away, get away. Find your mystery. How do we know when we're there? Boy, that is, I think that that's, I'm attracted to the question because it's the toughest question. I'm attracted to the question, how do you know you found the mystery? Because it is the mystery. That question is the mystery. Going to the mystery is a riddle. It is when the questions overwhelm the answers. When you go into an old growth forest and you've got trees that are older than you and they are communicating, you know they're communicating with each other. They're communicating with you. The sky, the birds, all, all this world, this entire mystery. Communicating is going on that we cannot see. It's not on a computer screen for us, is it? Now, how do we know it's there if we don't have it on that computer screen? Well, we have to develop an imaginative kind of trust. A good example would be regenerative farming. Farmers who are dealing in permaculture and organic farming, they have a trust with the earth, and they are spiritual workers. They walk among 
living things, and the living things respond by giving them seeds and giving them fruit and giving them shade and by communicating with them. So that imaginative trust, if you're going into the woods and you've got a computer screen and you're expecting the tree to register something on your computer screen, that's like an industrial farmer, big ag. They go out into the earth and they spray it with toxins and they demand the earth respond. And so you've got a bunch of identical corn plants that are high on steroids. And that's not communicating. That's not getting in touch with the fabulous unknown. So that regenerative trust, I don't know if I've answered your question. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go away. I'm going to give you some mystery right now and give myself some mystery, a memory of the pangolin. The pangolin is the mysterious animal that Trump and others are blaming for the virus. It's an animal that they're slaughtering as fast as they can. The civet cat, the pangolin, the bats, trying to kill all those strange animals in Wuhan because they're all suspects. They're all mysterious. Now, I'm going to go over to an old radio show that my partner Savitri and I were hosts. The name of the show is The Earth Wants You. Listen to The Pangolin. Welcome to Extinction's Got Talent. Extinction's Got Talent, right here. The pangolin. The pangolin. The pangolin. special friend. Also known as the scaly anteater. They are reclusive and nocturnal animals that roll up into a ball when threatened. They are seldom seen in the wild and are very hard to raise in captivity. Pangolins are the most heavily trafficked wild mammal in the world. An estimated 100,000 are taken from the wild every year across Africa and Asia. Their meat is considered a delicacy, and their scales and fetuses are used in traditional Chinese medicine to treat a range of ailments from arthritis to cancer. Hmm. Pangolins are also used in traditional African bush medicine. There are eight species of pangolins. Four are found in Africa and four in Asia. All are under threat, and all are now protected from international trade. Pangolins are such voracious feeders that they are thought to consume around 70 million insects every year. 70 million. Acting as natural pest controllers, they occupy a similar niche to anteaters in South America, which is a prime example of convergent evolution. Pangolins also help to aerate the soil with their burrowing and act as ecosystem engineers, providing burrows for other species. But get this. All pangolin species have long, sticky tongues, which they use to collect their ant and termite prey from deep within their nests or hollows of trees. A pangolin's tongue is actually attached near its pelvis and last set of ribs. And when at rest, it is contained within a cavity in its chest. When a pangolin's tongue is fully extended, it is longer than its entire body and head put together. (laughs) Pangolins do not have teeth, very unusual for a mammal. And rather than chewing, they swallow their prey whole, which is later processed within the stomach. The stomach of the pangolin contains inward-pointing spines made out of keratin and small stones, which help to grind and mash their prey to facilitate digestions. Whoa! Whoa, I know. Pangolins are very, very secretive and very difficult to study. And many aspects of their life are unknown. Remain a mystery.
looking well, looking for that next million ants. I heard reports that the penguin makes like these little little <laughs> sounds, but I couldn't find a couldn't recording. Find <laughs> if any of you have a recording of a penguin, can you please send it to us? Thank you. Sounded Thank like you. you had some hikers there. Earthalia, the pangolin. Just the sound of the mysterious scaled anteater of Wuhan. <laughs> Just the sound of this pangolin. So the pangolin remains such a mystery, and we just hope that the mystery can survive the uh, brutality against her and him. I know that there are people that are hunted down because they're mysteries. There are people who receive suspicious violence. William Reich comes to mind right now. And then I would say Lenny Bruce comes to mind. I would say that Emma Goldman... Jack Johnson, the heavyweight fighter, mystery people, people who partner with their own power. I think that that's one way to put it is they partner with what is powerful and then they stay with that vision. They have their 40 days and 40 nights. They go into the wilderness of themselves and they come out with the vision. The Lakota natives, uh, there was a the Thunder Butte, they call it, a destination for the young braves would run for days and then they would go up to the top of Thunder Butte after running with this fasting and then have visions at the top of Thunder Butte. It's in western South Dakota. That finding your vision, the young braves that I'm talking about would name themselves and have the vision that would guide them and then they would go to their vision uncles and they would decipher, disencrypt the, the mysteries of the vision that they, they had we need to have our native experience now, you and I. Now that is the experience that has been stolen from us by, uh, let's just say, big institutions. Of course, I always say Starbucks, Disney, and The Gap. <laughs> Amazon, Silicon Valley. But just let's just say big institutions. They know that their way to control us is to say, here is your mystery. Here, let me help you with your mystery, your journey. Let me take you to your holy grail. You can uh, use our services and pay us a little money on your credit card. We'll take you there to that joy, to that love, to that ecstatic release, to that success in your career, to the dream you have of, uh, you know, and so forth. No, uh, it, is, it is alone, finally. And I want to close today's radio show, church service, with my prayer that you will find that utterly irreducible, unique vision that is yours, that will name you, that will guide you. And here, in the middle of this apocalypse, the virus seems to be telling us, go find yourself. Because one thing the virus has done is shut down those big institutions. And they're calling out to us. Trump is saying, I, I, I want to solve things for you. China did this. <laughs> They're still pleading with us to come back to the old economy and the old culture. Take this pause the earth has given you to find your own name. Earthaluya, thank you for being with us today. We bless you. We ask for your friendship, for your communication. Revbilly.com is our website. You can email us through the website. 
Give us your email. We'll be in touch outside of this surveillance economy, this capitalist economy. We want to be building a new community where we can invite each other to have that journey that we've been trying to describe today. Hard to describe the mysteries, but with your help, I think we got there. Earth Hallelujah.